At a time when many of life's little luxuries have been taken away, or at least put on hold, our sponsor Ole is here to ensure we can all still indulge in some of the finer things in life. I am in love with their retinol collection. I have tried all the creams, lads. And I mean all of them. And this makes my skin feel incredible. Really glowy, really strong, really bright, which in winter is a tricksy old thing. With Ole, I can face anything. Seriously, anything. And there's a lot going on, let's be honest. Fried turkey balls with cranberry sauce. Days watching movies under a scratchy blanket. 2021, just over the horizon. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? Where breathing steps in is it gives us something to do. The pure act of breathing is then a safe place for the mind to park itself that we go, right, okay, I'm here right now and I'm just breathing. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Let's face it, 2020 has been quite a year. And one thing that we've all had to remember consciously to do from time to time is breathe deeply and hang in there. Now, as you digest Christmas and get ready for 2021, a brand new year, which has got to be better, which has got to be brighter, I come bearing a gift from me to you, the perfect companion who could actually change your life. His name is Stuart Sanderman, the founder of BreathPod. Stuart harnesses the power of our breathing in a very, very accessible way to improve our physical, mental and emotional health, promising to alleviate stress and anxiety, reducing negative emotions and instead making us feel more confident and focused. He has featured on a ton of platforms and even has the Gwyneth Paltrow I can never really say that, Paltrow, stamp of approval. During lockdown, he helped a huge amount of people giving free Instagram breathwork sessions, all saved on his IGTV. Just follow at BreathPod. And I, for one, was incredibly thankful for them. Before we hop into the episode, a few of your thanks a million trios. I say trios, you know, we're getting a little looser, but some of them are. Having a sofa day with my youngest as he's off with a cold watching Christmas films. Grateful to spend the day with my 85-year-old mummy and 90-year-old daddy. To be going to Ireland this one to Shona in two weeks to see my 90-year-old mum who has been in lockdown by herself. So, so grateful. Annika, I'm grateful for 2020. I know, right? This year has been hard, but it has also opened new opportunities. Less to do, so more space to build my business. And then opportunity to leave London and move home to Norfolk. It could never have happened without such a radical shift. Thank you, universe. Little one CVS. One, weirdly grateful to have the time to sit and play PlayStation with my other half. Who knew I could get into gaming so easily? Two, a friend dropping by and bringing Rocky Road. And three, finally, I'm a tiny bit grateful for tier three at the moment, meaning I can sit in the same room as my gorgeous Christmas tree for most of the day, guilt-free, and really enjoy it. Please do share them on Instagram. Use the hashtag thanks a million trio. I love them. They do not have to be monumental or magnificent. They can be mundane. I like alliteration, so sue me. 
In this episode, we chat about the connection between our breath and our thinking. Also about how you can take control of your life with your breath. I know, bold, but listen on, it actually makes sense. Meditation comes up and why breath work is very, very different. We touch on grief, going through grief, and how a shattering loss can change the whole direction of your life. So for people, because I think, we, you know, we hear a lot about, about breath work. I've had Wim Hof on the, on the podcast before. Amazing. And it feels to me like yours is, you have a very different approach, or maybe not a very different approach, but certainly your, like your energy, without getting too hippie, but your energy feels very different to that. I, f- I feel like that's very, it's very masculine. It's very kind of... Um, I don't know, there's a kind of like joy that you bring that's very measured and very calm, but like really positive. I mean, helped by those teeth, you know, and that smile. But I think sometimes, you know, when we're delving into breath work and stuff, there's a kind of seriousness and you're having to learn and it's a skill and there's a kind of, I don't know, a weight that we attribute to it. With you, there's a lightness of touch, I think, in what you what you do that makes it very accessible yeah absolutely I think I don't think you need to learn it's like relearning because we already know how to do it we've been doing yeah. it we do it properly when we're born and then we kind of forget we or we have bad habits of breathing or we have experiences in our life that shape the way that we breathe whether it's traumas or heavier things or, or just tight clothing or these different yeah. things it could be very physical it could be emotional or something in between so we actually know how to do it and we know mm-hmm. inherently how to change our breath to change the way we feel we all know that okay. like ah <sighs> moment which we all do just intuitively so yeah trying to break down the barriers I often say like people you already have all the skills like you already you don't need to learn this stuff particularly you just maybe need to figure out how you are responding or your breath is responding throughout your day throughout your life through different times through different experiences and then tweaking it as you need to make yourself feel a bit happier or a bit healthier or even into like today's session was about flow state so I had peak myself just to cruise through my day as opposed to being kind of reactive to what's going on around me. Yeah, which I think everyone can can relate to. And um, the idea of knowing, and you said, you know how to do it properly when you're born. So what does a does breathing properly mean? Because again, I think if you're dipping into this, you're like breathing. Thanks, mate. I think I've got it nailed, actually. But we, we aren't breathing. A lot of the time we're breathing very shallow like our breathing is very shallow so what does a proper baby breath look like that we should all still be doing technically well just to backtrack it's a funny question what is proper breathing because it really depends on what you're doing okay if you're running for a bus your breathing is going to be different from when you're sat stationary and that's the beauty of our breath it's it's responding to the demands the day is throwing at us it knows what to do it knows what to do with the information it's been provided. Okay. The limitation with our breathing is it happens in our mind. It happens. It's an unconscious process or unconscious mind. So it knows what to do, but the unconscious mind does not know the difference between an experience happening around us and experience um, fabricated through thought. Okay. 
So that's when, it's, that's when things get a little bit skewed because we might be running for the bus in our head when we're sat at work, sat at stationary in our chair doing some work, if you get what I mean. Yeah, so our breath is changing in response to a thought as opposed to in response to a real event. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's talked about loads, the fight or flight response, the stress yeah. response. It's just so weird. Look what I just wrote. Fight or flight. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like... Stress 101, fight or flight, are you in that state throughout the day? A very positive state to be in at certain times. Yeah. Being chased by a tiger or maybe stepping onto the roads into oncoming traffic. (gasps) Big gasp of air, back onto the pavement, back to safety. Okay. But what we're doing is living in that fight or flight mode based on our subconscious, based on our kind of imagined thoughts. And we're in that heightened state for for much longer periods than is healthy. Absolutely. So we we kind of ruminate about the past or we get worried or fearful about the future. Um, There's been a lot of that happening in 2020. So then we kind of get stuck in this time of what's been gone and what's mm-hmm. to come that our mind is just operating in a, a bit more of a stressful way different for everybody um the stress response is a positive thing like i said but for some of us that volume is just turned right the way up yeah and it's about well, how, how do i turn the volume down of that response i often tell people stress is your best friend but it's that best friend that's just always looking out for you too much like don't go there don't do this yeah, watch so, out well, for that, that. <laughs> well that's it it's it's kind of you know overprotective yeah. you know yeah and and actually i think a lot of the time means that you're operating from fear instead of something a bit more positive yeah and we can get stuck in that pattern of of, of breathing or thinking our mind our mind is an amazing tool but it's again looking out to keep us safe primary objective so yeah that said, 80% of our thoughts are actually negative for the average person. So Which is 80- a shocking amount, isn't it, when lot. you think about it? It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the un- interesting part of that is 80% of thought is negative for the average forty to 60,000 thoughts we have in a day. Mm-hmm. And 95% of the thoughts are repeated thoughts. So we're kind of we're setting ourselves up for, for this anxious thinking, fear-based thinking, so that we can keep ourselves safe. But in the right. modern world, the, the modern lives that we live, it's, we're not under threat so much. Yeah. So we're literally just on a loop. The subconscious has us on a loop and we're doing the same things over and over again without even wanting to or meaning to. Absolutely. So that, bringing that information back to your original question of... Uh, yeah. Tell what us, is, how does breath change the loop? Yeah, well, how does it change the loop is one thing, but just what is proper breathing? And, and when yeah. I look at proper breathing, I often start off, well, what is my natural resting breath? Mm. What is my natural state of being with my breath when I'm not under threat? There's not an immediate threat happening. Okay. And that might mean taming your mind down a little bit as well. But understanding if our brain is triggering our breath, either through thoughts or through something that's happening in our environment, Mm-hmm. And then our breath triggers us into feeling. Yeah. So we have thinking happening in the mind, the thoughts. Yeah. The feeling happening in your body, which mm-hmm. is triggered from your breath. 
you probably noticed your breath change throughout the days when you're feeling yeah. differently. Stressed, it's all tight. Tightened. When you're yeah. laughing, it kind of goes like this and, and jiggles around. And when you're crying, it's kind of similar, but a bit more jagged. Yeah. Um, so our breath triggers us into feeling, into emotion. But it's the feeling and the movement of the breath that sends a signal back to the brain to complete that loop. Uh, okay. So if we're thinking a stressful thought, it's triggering a stressful breath pattern. The stressful breath pattern says back to the brain, yep, the body's under stress and we create yeah. a loop. And that loop okay. is that state of being, we'd say I'm stressed or anxious or these types okay. of things. Okay. So is the idea of becoming aware of the breath means that we intercept at the breath. So we go, okay, yeah, your breath might be shallow, but actually have a chat with yourself. You're not under threat. Let's get control of the breath, which then breaks that circuit back up to the brain that says, yeah, you were right to trigger that response. We are stressed. Absolutely. Spot on. Nailed it. Go. Nailed okay. it. Okay. So what's quite interesting in that whole scenario is, yeah, brain triggering your breath, breath triggering mm -hmm. the feeling. If we then, like you said, have awareness, how am I breathing? Is it short and shallow? Right. There's no threat. There's no tiger chasing me. I'm just... Yeah going into a meeting or I'm going on a date or I'm doing whatever. What's the like, worst that can happen? Yeah. And it's understanding, well, if my breathing is triggering me to stress, I can take control of my breath. And that's the kind of aha moment. It's like the key yeah. to the unconscious mind. We yeah. have this ability to consciously control our breath and move it any way we want. Hold it, move it, shake it, all sorts of stuff to send the signal back to our brain to hack, hack the, the original signal. Okay. And, and is that over time, without getting too technical, is that over time about creating new neural pathways? So you don't continue to go on this loop. You actually, you know, kick into that uh, conscious brain, if you like, and then yes. create new pathways that, that stop you from looping on that subconscious, unhealthy, those, as you say, 80% negative belief system. Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to boost up that 20% to be a bit more positive. But I think what what often happens is we'll be thinking, thinking the thoughts, feeling the feelings, hacking our, bra our breath in those moments because I'm feeling stressed and I need to calm myself down or overwhelmed. Yeah. I need to balance myself. Or we can go the other way. I'm feeling exhausted, but I need to like jump on a podcast and be all happy. Okay. So, so is this we can the... power ourselves up. <sighs> this is your That's more the slightly more like intentional Inten breath yeah Fine. so so speeding the breath up has the opposite effect it tells our brain oh actually i'm ready to act and respond i'm motivated i'm ready to rock um which is where wim hof kind of sits in as well he starts to to superventilate and hyperventilate to yeah. put, put the body into a state where we're sympathetically dri driven and we're having these different adaptations happen as well and on a chemical okay. level it's wild. It's, it's wild, but so simple. And that's why I love it so much. I never thought something so simple would change my life and, and many people that I've worked with just by simply yeah. understanding where it gets more interesting, which is a lot of the work that I do and probably the most powerful part of what I do, certainly what segued me into this world of breath work and teaching and setting up my business and all sorts to help people with this is yes, it happens in the mind. And what is happening here, those negative thoughts, well, why, why is my brain triggering a threat response when there isn't one in my environment? And that's where things get a little bit deeper because yeah. it comes down to kind of our belief systems and patterns and the way that we, you talked about neural pathways, how they're firing and wiring. Mm. 
-hmm. And the way I often explain this to people is, we talked about the threat response, the tiger coming in the room. If we switch that for a dog, Mm -hmm. dog comes running into your room right now, what happens? What happens with your breath? It can't, it can't. Oh, does it get, I don't know. I think, I feel like it's fine. It's fine, okay. Yeah, or do I think it's a tiger? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the question. That's, that's really down to your belief systems on dogs and okay. your relationship with dogs. Okay. So one of two things would happen. You'd either yeah. see the dog and get super excited. I know my girlfriend would get really yeah. excited and go, Woohoo, oh my God. Hey! Yeah, and, <laughs> and run to the dog and ask its name and play with it. And the yeah. breath gets really excited and it gets jiggery and, and we have that elated feeling of excitement, okay. of joy or bliss, whatever it is. Somebody else might see the dog as the tiger, like you said. Mm. <gasps> might yeah. be the, depending on the dog that comes in, but <gasps> okay. we hold our breath. The fear response kicks in. Yeah. So there's two very different responses that are happening in the mind with the same experience. Mm-hmm. So why would two individuals be different? Well, two individuals are different because of their relationship with that dog. This is a very layman's term example, but at three years old, big dog barks at you. Bites my elbow. Bites your elbow, nips your hand, growls its teeth. Your neural pathway connects. You have an experience that you feel of fear and you create a belief system around that dogs are not safe and you start avoiding the dogs. Okay. So that's one side. Yeah. The other side would be a learnt experience. That would be somebody, your mum, your gran, don't ever go near a dog, it'll bite your hand off. Maybe they've okay. had an experience. Or it could be school or role models or whatever belief yeah. systems or things that are imposing onto you. The same happens because the unconscious mind does not know the difference between an experience, external happening, or an experience This is the in our program. Mind. All of the ex- other people's experiences, as, as well as your own, that you absorb at the, in those formative years, right? Absolutely. So we have that same link, and we start avoiding the dogs. Yeah. So you can see a very layman's term example, but it's through mm-hmm. life experience, the good, the bad, perception. the changes, perception that we create belief, how our brain fires and wires, and then yeah. how we step into those situations and how it's triggering us to breathe. Yeah. So this is when it gets quite interesting. And the nice thing about it is we can actually shift that whole process by doing other forms of breath work that resets the brain breath connection. It kind of- Okay, so this is the deep work, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. the deeper work. When you say it like that, it sounds super scary. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. The deep work. The deep work. (laughs) No, um, I think it's so odd because the other day I was bringing my daughter to um, school and she goes to a little uh, school in the woods and we got lost in the woods because it had moved. But in my mind, I just couldn't find this place. And I realised I had this very, um, like visceral kind of experience to you know yes it was a factual thing I couldn't find like we were not in danger we were maybe going to be a bit late but it wasn't the end of the world but in my mind I could feel this swell this shortening of breath this almost I was on the verge of tears I felt completely out of control and and really upset and it was mad because I was able thankfully to go okay this is not a response to what's happening right now. This is something older. I'm being triggered by something. I've obviously been, and I kind of drilled down to it. And I I found that it was an experience that I had when I was a kid and I, and I was lost in a shopping center. 
And I had this feeling that it was like, you know, when you're four or five, it's the end of the world. And I honestly had this belief that my mum was gone forever, that I would never see her again. And I had, there was a security guard and I remember going to the security guard who was supposed to protect me, but he was this giant, strange man. And he was like my safety, apparently. And I think I kind of, this idea of being completely overlooked, I had been forgotten about. I was just like inconsequential, you know, that little baby mind. And I was like, wow. So me being lost in the woods at like 38 and almost crying because I can't get my daughter to nursery on time. That response and that feeling had nothing to do with that set of events. It was something that happened 30 odd years ago. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's it's so fascinating how the mind stores and it stores the the feeling and it stores the feeling because that event 30 years ago, the interesting thing is I shared about how our breathing fluctuates and changes through these experiences. But one thing Mm -hmm. we also do is we hold our breath. We hold our breath to stop feeling a flow of emotion. Now, this is where breathing gets quite exciting or interesting again because it becomes a controlling mechanism. Yeah. Could be conscious, (gasps) holding the breath or holding back laughter when you shouldn't find something funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The best type of laughter, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, you're like... But the way you hold that laughter in is by holding your breath. Because the breath triggers the emotion, which is just an energy movement, energy and motion. That flow that comes out of us and we laugh it off. But if we're maybe upset, we've had some bad news and we're at work and we've got to hold it together. We hold the tears in to stop the flow of tears coming out. You literally swallow the emotion, you swallow the breath. Which creates physical tension in our body. Creates physical tension in the body. The breath pattern moves, moves and changes. And again, the body back to the same... Um, kind of overarching theme the body does not have an idea of time that's happening in your mind so the body just yeah. closes and holds on until we allow this release to happen right so as a right. little girl in that shopping center scared for your life yeah. fearful probably holding your breath maybe hyperventilating a little bit freaking out natural yeah. reaction to happen then that can be imprinted both in the mind but also in the body in the body so then you walk into the woods and all of a sudden you have that little flicker you might even have a smell or a touch or hear something that triggers that old space and we're right back in it right and right back in it and it happens so quickly and Mm. it's like a swell a rush kind of of emotions but i definitely feel it on a physical level you know now i think more i there might be a little flashback or or a sense that it's an irrational response and sometimes my body will go cold and i kind of shake and it's mad your body knows everything yeah absolutely and it's it's all those that the cold the temperature changing the body shaking it's this natural response. Many mammals do it. Okay. And so in that deeper work, as I said, with a slightly ominous tone, um, is that about kind of properly getting down into the cells, literally, and, and like rattling around at things that are stored deep inside? Yeah, it's, it's really about release, releasing yeah. physical tension, balancing out emotional charge and allowing yourself to tap into this deep state of being, of awareness, of, of yeah. stillness and all-inclusiveness, that kind of meditation space. Meditation yeah. talks about, but I've often find it quite hard to access through pure meditation. I find it hard yeah. just to be, because my mind's always wanting to do. Whereas yeah. this particular work allows us, because we're clearing out the physical blockage, 
this maybe emotional barrier, we allow ourselves to tap into that deeper state. I do think the the popularity in in breath work, and you mentioned meditation, and obviously they're kind of you know two um, they're they're similar in many ways, or at least the end goal I feel is is similar, and that's to be in touch with yourself and to to have a bit of peace and to feel whole and heart coherence and all of that malarkey but it feels like breath is you know is more tangible I will meditate my husband does breath work I think it's easier to kind of go there's a process to it that allows the mind to get lost in that it a lot of people if they go meditate it's so loose a term Mm. that they don't really know how to get hold of it whereas I think with breath work and you did in in your um uh, session today the what did you call it alternate alternate nostril breathing or jedi breathing that like you know the mind is focused so you're doing a job but you're also drilling down into that kind of yeah focus and attention which I think people then feel oh I did it I think I did it right yeah you know which a lot of people can't necessarily feel with meditation not that there is a right or wrong but I think when you're starting out you're going I'm definitely doing this wrong yeah and you kind of give up there's a lot of expectation with the meditation what what am I doing I'm just being, when am I going to be Buddha what, what yeah what's happening here <laughs> The amount of times people have said, oh, I can't, to me, I, I can't meditate, I can't sit cross-legged. I'm like, what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to sit cross-legged to be meditating. Um, but it's that kind of like, oh, there's a bit of a barrier there, yeah. for sure, because people have tried different things. Me included, I've done, I was stubborn enough to sit through a lot of meditation because um, mm. I'm like, right, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Nothing's happening. What's going on? Yeah. Um, when am I enlightened? Yeah. This and is it's, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> And it is, oh, that doesn't work. Yeah. But we're so used to doing. So then when we just try and be, our body goes, whoa, whoa our mind goes, what is going on? I'm not yeah. doing anything. This doesn't feel right. Let's just, and, and the thoughts just start going. To, it's like, I think of like our life just shaking up a fizzy juice bottle and we go to meditate, take the lid off and it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Making a right, yeah. right old mess. Where breathing steps in is it gives us something to do. It gives the mind, yeah. it kind of tricks the mind to say, oh, you're doing something. You're doing something, pet. Don't you're worry. Like, I'm carting, I'm breathing, I'm thinking yeah. about my breath. The pure act of breathing is then a safe place for the mind to park itself. Uh, and where right. it parks itself is in the present moment, which sounds very mindful and very meditation yeah. all of a sudden. But yeah. we've kind of sneaked it in the back door. We said, no, yes. you just sit there and think about your breathing and think mm-hmm. about breathing in different ways. The yeah. pure act of it means that our mind starts to still. We stop thinking about Slow what down. the day we've got ahead, and we stop thinking about oh shit, what yesterday. happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we go right, okay, I'm here right now, and I'm just breathing. Yeah. So it's a really easy segue to start to have a meditation practice. We're kind of yeah. like you said, it's kind of the same thing. And then understanding the different flows of breath and the different triggers that can have in our body and brain. That's yeah. when we can start tweaking our practice to say, well, how do I want to feel today? Mm, yeah. So you got a little toolkit and literally you go, well, that's the breath I need right now. That's what I need to do this evening. And you can kind of pick and mix, which I think is, again, a control thing that's quite comforting to people, even if you don't, you know that you've got them. Mm. We start to be in control of our day instead of our day controlling us. Yeah. And that is the big difference. And I often say the first key to any shift or change is, is awareness, is, yeah. 
is understanding, well, what's going what on for me need? right now? What do I need? But also, what what is the, the change that needs to happen? Mm. Um, is that a change in my breathing? Is that a change um, in my attitude or mindset? I mean, the mind's often a bit harder to tame than our breath. And that's why I often think, well, breathing differently is going to start changing the mind as default anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What are you thankful for today, Stuart? It always it always comes back to just health. I mean, that's been a real big thing for me. We were all kind of looking at health with the pandemic. Pandemic. Call it what you want. Yeah, well, let's just call it the pandemic. Yeah. It feels a bit like that. But yeah, I've just been really grateful for for having good health and having these skills that I can use to change because life still happens. We go through these ups and downs. Yeah, but having that kind of grounding of of health, good is health, certainly something yeah. I, I count my blessings for on a daily basis. Are you quite healthy? Obviously, mentally and emotionally, it feels like you've got that kind of sussed. At least we hope, because you're teaching the rest of us. <laughs> so I, I feel hopeful that you've you know got an idea there. But on a physical side, because I feel sometimes, you know, in the la- particularly in the last number of months, I've kind of prioritized my emotional, my mental health over my physical health, which is not a great thing. It's like, okay, if I've got 20 minutes, I'd rather do this, that like, I'd rather sit on a chair and meditate than um, go for a run, let's say. But are, are you quite disciplined in tending to all of those areas? Yeah, I'm pretty disciplined. I'm, I'm kind of, all or on and off. Okay, yeah. When it's meditation and breath work and physical movement and keeping mm. healthy and active, I certainly work off a Monday to Friday kind of thing. And then okay. the weekends just like that. Ah. But then sometimes that when I take the strain off the weekend, like last Sunday I went for a run. I don't often run that much, but I I just felt compelled. It was a nice day. I thought, ah, I'm okay. going to go for a run today. So I find that those things happen, but the actual Monday to Friday certainly is... I'm big on my morning routine. It I was just going to ask about your morning routine. Okay, so what does that look like? So morning routine starts around about 6 a.m. I'll start, I'll get up and I'll do um, some stretching or yoga practice. Varying on how I'm feeling in the morning, whether that is something a bit more like a shtanga, a lead, or something that's just like Stretching super, in bed. Super chilling. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, get myself moving. I then do some breath work. Yeah. I then actually have my morning lives at, at 7.30. Yeah. So I usually spend a little moment just to get the music sorted and just be mm-hmm. ready for that. After the morning lives, I then, it's more physical. So I've been going for, doing some running and also okay. using an app, which is just like a, a home body workout kind of okay. training stuff. Right. So kicking it up a notch. Kicking it up a notch. And then, yeah. I, then I can start my day after that. So Okay. Then you can start your day after that. That's basically most people are going to bed at that point. It's now 9 a.m. But um, I think there's a, there's a moment of that because you think it doesn't matter what I do in the rest of the day. I've already done something. Yeah. So they're the physical attributes, but there's other little bits weaved in. You, mm. I, I see you're, you're big in this anyway, but I'd have a cold shower before yes. the morning live. Yeah, I just um, had one this morning. Okay, there, ha- uh, like, I have so many people honestly message me about this all the time. They're like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And as when you get out of the habit of doing it, it feels like an attack. But actually, I d- I'm obsessed with them. 
I, I feel guilty if I don't have one. Mm, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's flicked, the switch is well and truly <laughs> switched. But so do you go goes, from hot to cold or do you go straight in I on a cold? I go straight in on the cold. Oh, shit. Okay, that's yeah. hardcore. I haven't I managed straight to go in the there cold. Yet. Sometimes my girlfriend, I'll be standing with the shower just in front of me for about five minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, 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 I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And I'll get you in gotta and just... You've got to crack yourself. And then, yeah, ah, okay. and then you sit in there and there's, a, there's just that moment of clarity and peace mm. and just like time kind of stops a little bit. Yeah. And then it's yeah. right, okay, shower off. I start my day. Yeah. And also I think when you come out of it, much like for people who resist going to the gym, it's almost the after you're you're going in for the yes, if you can enjoy some of the stillness and the peace that you get in there. But when you get out of there, that's when I get the rush. I'm like, oh, lovely. Like I can do anything now. Yeah. For a while, I I moved to a different part of London. But for a while, I was living in uh, Brixton near Lido, Brockwell Lido, which is open all winter. Every morning I, I went and swam in the Lido and it's a 50 meter pool. So whatever temperature it was, I'd do a length. Okay. So if it was one degree, I'd do one full length. If it was oh, five that. degrees, I'd do five lengths. So like around about six degrees, you're in for a bit of a time and, and, and yeah. it's, it's cold. And I used to, it was such a thing, like I'd get out the door, walk up and I just, my mind would be going, don't do it. Don't go there. Why are you doing this? This is stupid. It's cold. Yeah. Go back to bed. And it was that that I would overcome every morning and that would change my whole day. And then that's your physical benefits of like when I'd come out, then I thought, am I just getting high every morning? Because I'd come out of the water and well, be like, yeah, basically. Whoa, I feel so good. Yeah. Just doing the, the cold swims. And it was the first winter. I'm such a summer person. I'm like solar powered. Gets to winter yeah, time. Okay. I'm like, I just want to go to bed. As soon as the sun goes down at four o'clock or something, I'm like, right, bedtime. But that's also good because I feel like that's a natural, like sometimes it's okay to follow that seasonal natural rhythm. And I do think that the pandemic has kind of given us that like we respect nature a little bit more. I'm okay. I usually would would fight that tendency or that desire to hibernate. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going all in. Light that fire and hand me a tea. (laughs) Tea, was it? <laughs> tea. A glass of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hot whiskey, but I don't know if that's very mindful. But like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I think that's okay. Okay, the thank fuck for this, Stuart. Thank fuck for this would be certainly music. Music is, it's just a huge part of my life. It always has mm-hmm. been before launching my business breath pod and, and doing all the breath work and teaching people for that. I was actually a touring artist. I was a DJ. Were you? And yes, a I DJ producer, which was okay. always a hobby of mine. Probably from when I got a set of decks when I was about 15 years old and right. was always into music, played guitar, played piano, played trombone. It was wow. always a really big thing for me. And after university, I went off and, and, started working in finance. I was in finance for about eight years in London okay. and over in Asia. And I signed, a re- signed some record deals, which was always my kind of hobby. My weekend, I was running events, playing different right. gigs. But I kind of hung up my corporate suit and, and started touring the world as a, as a DJ and producer, which okay, was wow. just a, a magical thing to happen and experience different cultures and things like that. But, yeah. but the big pulse about it, I think, the thank fuck for this, this year again, like 
music has been so pinnacle, so pinnacle still to what I do at BreathPod. I always yeah. hunt for good music and find music to fit the certain breathing practice and these types of things. So it's it's such a key pillar. And sometimes people think it's just background or it's this, this, or it's just that, but it's it's the pulse that keeps yeah. me alive anyway. Yeah. And actually you do notice it because I think a lot of the time whether, you know, any of these kind of different modalities, it's a new word I learned recently. Um, I think a lot of the time you can go to the default kind of, you know, meditation music, like spa music. And yours is quite different in that it could be, you know, beautiful classical music or it could be kind of slight Café Del Mar. That's an old reference for you. But like, <laughs> yeah, there's a real sense of change depending on the mood and actually that does lift you or direct you in you know whatever direction you want to to send us with the breath yeah absolutely and and I think the music is a way again we talked about energy and vibration earlier but it's a way to get people flowing and and actually breathing in itself you Mm -hmm. listen to certain type of music you might be like oh I'm starting to breathe a bit differently not even consciously knowing it the beat the rhythm the flow of that sound Mm -hmm. that's coming in through your ears into your body is then triggering us to feel. So it's very much my thank fuck for this. Okay, the thank you next chapter. Okay, the thank you next chapter. So this is a really hard one to share. Even now I feel it brings up emotion because I kind of talked about my music career and and I was having a jolly old time touring the world and having living my passion for my music that all grounded to a halt very rapidly when my girlfriend at that time was diagnosed with terminal cancer so a big game changer uh, ignited this kind of desire to look at the physical physical body the kind of emotional space and the spiritual space Uh, Mm -hmm. so the physical body how do you beat this cancer what treatments out there what um, conventional alternative uh, conventional treatments or alternatives looked at everything looked at mindset meditation all these things we've talked about threw myself into all these different things and then when you're faced with something terminal like that also looked at this space of of well what is life about why are we here where do we go what was what what's the bigger picture here what if we're just zooming around in this planet if, for a hundred odd years, if we're lucky, maybe much shorter than that. What what are we doing here? Yeah. So it was an interesting question because the thank you next, this kind of something disastrous that happened was actually she passed away, which so was like a horrendous experience. And I don't wish that upon anybody. How old was she, Stuart? She was 31 when she passed. She was 30 when she was diagnosed. And it's sent me on a downward spiral, as you can imagine, always a a glass half full type person and ever the optimist and we can get through this and and did so much work. We traveled looking for different cures and she passed away and it felt like I'd I'd seen a a post round about that time saying sometimes you feel buried and I exactly felt buried. I felt like the world was a cruel place. I didn't know my place in it anymore. I'd Mm -hmm. fallen out of love of who I was as a musician, as an artist. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't really know what to do. And all that happened was I took my mum for Mother's Day to a breathing workshop. 
Wow. Which is how I, like, I, and it was in that moment I had such a powerful experience. I felt like my girlfriend was there holding my hand. And through that horrendous experience of grief, which was a, a hard, hard time to work through grief, Looking at these bigger pictures, everything we talked about, that moment of grief was I wouldn't, didn't know how to express it because my deeper beliefs, my dog barks and bites, my conditioning, I'd done martial arts all my life. No. My teddy bear was called Tough Ted. I grew up in Scotland. I was like, Bury big, the boy, emotions. big boys don't cry. That was like deep ingrained in me. So I didn't know how to express how I was feeling. It was coming out as anger and um, maybe destructiveness to myself and the world. So it was- A friend was, of mine calls it leaking. It was leaking out of me. You don't know, there's emotions kind of just swelling yeah. up. You can't name them, you can't identify them. You don't have the language or the skills to kind of wrap your that. head around them. Yeah. I love that. I'm gonna adopt that from now on, leaking. It was exactly that, just leaking. And, and what it did that moment when I went to that breathwork session was, A, I thought, like, how did breathing just make me like am i have i lost the plot now as well as everything else have i gone mad was my girlfriend there holding my hand it felt pretty pretty real i've definitely just lost the plot like either that or someone spiked my drink my water bottle <laughs> okay yeah and i was like oh those those hippie types they've definitely spiked my water bottle here <laughs> but the intriguement got the better of me and i started working with breathing and un trying to understand oh is what's going on here what's happening in my body how is and and the shift that was happening this grief was starting to kind of fade away, but also I felt super connected into that space. This is sounds bizarre, but that kind of spiritual space again. I felt all of a sudden more connected to her okay. than I'd ever been in the physical world through these sessions. So it gave me this real passion and drive, and I shifted completely as a person. Amazing. The, the word transformation is unrecognizable from the former self, like the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. There's the perfect analogy that people use, but so it's through that harrowing, horrible, challenging experience of grief that I almost felt like she was that martyr to, for that to happen, that I'm actually, it's weird. It's like, I'm grateful for it, but it's really sad to say I'm grateful for it. So it's, mm -hmm. I'm not grateful for her passing by any means, but I'm grateful for the shift that happened through that, that grief experience. Because of that. Because of yeah. that, it made me rewire my whole outlook become a better person, become a kinder person to my, that voice in my head start to become kind. Once I'd done the work, I, once I'd used my breath work, used coaching work, used, talked about things, gone through these different things that I teach now mm -hmm. and really gone through it all, dragged myself through that mud, if you like, that moment of being buried, but it started to feel like actually I've been planted. It's not a buried, something's about to blossom here. Oh, that is and lovely. This is, this is kind of how I live and breathe my whole work now is, is just to give back and say, like, you can breathe. <laughs> it sounds so simple. And so, yeah. so like, well, I'm already doing it. But no, if we understand that we have this tool and that's what I'm on a mission to do now is, is just share this with the world. And I've been fortunate to work with thousands of people and, and, and get messages of, of, shifts and transformations that people have and and it's just so it like warms my heart every day when i get these my whole life up until this point was kind of about me mm. i worked in finance because i wanted to do well for myself and have nice things and then that kind of shifted gear when i was like wow my actual passion and now i can do music but it was kind of about me expressing Ego. myself and music 
you say ego? No, idiot. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I thought that's what you were getting <laughs> at. I'm not saying that everyone who does music. I'm joking. <laughs> Definitely, there's an element of that, I guess. But it was like this is me sharing music with the world, and but it was kind of like okay. about me. Then it's but now it's felt more of this selfless kind of like here's something to service. really share, a bit more service, uh, okay. contribution, and. On the on the kind of micro scale, helping one person at a time feel a bit better, feel a bit happier, yeah. breathe a bit better, feel a bit more energized is amazing. But when we start doing that collectively, and then there's this under like that other arching theme which I'm very passionate about is when we actually bring our breath down to bare bones. It's air coming into our body, it's passed in our blood. We breathe it out, and someone breathes that in. Yeah. And this is where I just get we. For ages, that whole phrase would just, I, I just like, oh, it sounds so well, the, the oneness thing. We're all one. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, how yeah, I, I can't get really get my head around it. Yeah. For ages, I didn't get my head, but being like science minded about it, I get like if we're big bang and it's gone like this, yeah, we maybe come from a, a, a unified place, but we're not, yeah. I couldn't get my head around this oneness mm-hmm. until having these moments of like in nature, like you talked about, maybe in. Maybe not in the woods where you feel scared, but yeah. in those moments... No, but it's usually my happy place. When we go, actually, look, I'm breathing the same air that's coming out of this tree and into my body and then back out of me into the tree, into the ground, into the ocean, into somebody else, into the cat, into the dog. Yeah. So you can see that we are all interconnected mm. via this web of breath. So for yeah. me, that was a real aha moment of consciousness between us all is this breath flowing in between us. I know that sounds super deep. We've gone real deep. No, no, no. I love that. And and what I also love is the idea of um, being planted, not being buried and the shift in perception and the kind of acceptance. And I think it's a theme that we've touched on a bit in this series, actually, is is that idea of you know, the, the the tragedy of losing somebody, particularly at a young age, whether you're young, they're young, but the, the fragility of life, the kind of facing your own mortality becomes either something that buries you or something that motivates you to look at your life and, and ask yourself, what what do you want to do? What You know, we're not here forever. What is it? What is it you want to do with your life? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you know, and I think those that. moments allow us to have that thought. It sounds random, but I kept thinking, <laughs> if someone was looking down, let's say an alien was looking down at the Earth, or somebody said, go and live on that planet, 100 years, live on that planet, what would you do? Yeah. Would you be doing the thing that you're doing day in, day out? Yeah. And that thing, that, that's, that's what really shifted me with my music as well, that mindset of, wow, this is something I really want to do. It's that moment where we can see, right, well, if I have got limited time, what can I do here? What can I give? And what makes me feel good? And what makes other people feel good? Yeah. And, and that's quite an exciting space to start working in. The thank you, Stuart, that got away. The thanks that got away. Um, I, I quickly shared there that in passing that I did martial arts from a very young age. Yes. And um, it was another pa- a big passion. I was on a judo mat at four years old and, and left Amazing. school to pursue that as a career until injuries stopped it suddenly. But plans so, to go to the Olympics. So not just, you know, a weekend little No, th- that, was all, that, that was very much a dream of mine to, to be Olympic champion. It was kind of posters on my wall style um, dream. Amazing. 
from a very young age, it was my life. So the, the thanks that got away and, and since you, you're sharing some of these questions with me, I've been in touch with my judo coach. Go on. Um, yeah, because I thought, you know what, I've never thanked my judo coach or a coaches. There's a couple of, a couple of them that have, have helped and supported me. And it just made me think about not just my judo coaches, but just coaches, whether it's sports or teachers, or these people that have such impact on your life. And they were with me from four years old until like 18, and I'm still in touch with them. And from probably 14 to 18, I was with them every day and at weekends at training camps. And you just take it for granted as a child. You're just like, that's what I'm doing. It's about me being Olympic champion, not thinking they also want you to be Olympic champion. They share that dream and they're there. They're invested day in, day in you. They're invested in you. And, and particularly a sport like judo is maybe not like football where there's loads of money involved or other sports. It's an Olympic sport for by all means, but money comes from funding and these types of things. And these guys are there just for the love, the yeah. pure love of the sport and the drive for, to let these kids succeed. Mm-hmm. And it spans not just the sport because they just want the best for you. And it, when, when you ask this question, I, I just thought, wow, I've never ever, like such a huge part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I never thanked them. So if you're listening, Tony and Billy, um, big thanks. Um, oh, I love that one. Oh, the gift that you're most grateful for. The gift that I'm most grateful for is um, was a gift from my girlfriend Noah's mum. Right. For Christmas. Yeah. This has changed, but this is also a thank the fuck for this. Okay. This is going to be deep, I'm, is it? It's not deep at all. It's <laughs> it's it's um it's changed my life. I've got no affiliation with this brand or anything. Just Go FYI, on. it's a little keyring called Tile. Right. It, when you lose it's your key, ring. it's a it's it's okay. a keyring that you call when you lose your keys. Oh, I need one of these. Oh, it so what you ring it? It's a little keyring. It goes on your keys. You can either double press it and it finds your phone, or you go on the app and it rings your keys. Stop it! Literally writing one for everyone in the family. Oh, it was a, a Christmas gift last year. You can put one in your wallet as well. So one that in the wallet. Tr- one so it's on the basically keys. find your phone. For it's find everything, your phone for whatever you could put it on your pet dog, you could put it in your handbag, <laughs> and it rings it. So I'm now smug about it. I'm like, where are my keys? And it starts ringing, and I'm like, and then it shows you how close it is to the house. Actual like, GPS, little GPS, little Stop. dial on it. Find my keys within two minutes. Smugly wander out the door. Beautiful. Um, it is both the, the the best gift I've had. Um, because it's changed my life so much and also a very much a thank fuck for this. I'd, I think, be lost without it and lost without my keys. So it's, it's a double... <laughs> Literally. It's a double Great. whammy. Oh, that's a game changer. Okay, and finally, the hashtag bless moment. Wink, wink. So this kind of goes back to nature again. And the particular moment I thought about was my girlfriend now, Nova, who works with me as well. Amazing. Person. I love that she's on your Instagram. She's like full cheerleader. It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, she's more than a cheerleader because she's she works day in, day out. She works so hard um, yeah. sharing the same vision and passions that I do. And, and it's so nice to be doing that with your best friend and, and partner. Yeah. And there was a moment that I always go back to because it was quite early in our relationship. She'd gone, on, she'd gone to a wedding in Inverness and I was visiting my sister who lives in North Scotland. Right. And um, I had a rental van, and I was like, ah, "Sexy, sexy." And I was like, oh, <laughs> just pick, 
we'll pick you up after your wedding in the van and we'll just go and like go around the highlands in scotland it was definitely a make or break moment a hundred percent but it, we, we climbed this mountain called ben hope um and it was just at the top it was one of those kind of like the sky was there everything it was time just stopped and it just felt like ah like this is what life is you know those moments you can't even describe it in words yeah. you just feel peaceful and joyful and blissful and and nothing else matters in that moment the sky looked amazing we've made it to this top of this mountain the funny thing was um it was short, it was short-lived because <laughs> it was a blessed moment and it was amazing we we're on this like major high until i realized i lost my phone oh I didn't, no I, I didn't have a tile key finder oh. So, or the GPS is not going to work up there anyway, was it? So, yeah, it definitely wasn't. And I was like, oh, and I was trying to keep it cool. Like, not, but you know when you're like, oh, my God, we took a photo halfway up the climb and I must have left it on that rock. Oh, and I'm there shit. just like, so keep it calm, keep, keep it calm, just keep it cool. Like, but I was like, oh, I need to run down the mountain and find my phone. Oh, just like, like oh, no, this is such a nice moment. I think Jeez. I might have lost my phone, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll, we'll, I'm sure I'll find it. And um, and sure enough, I walked down the mountain and we sat where we sat and, and took a photo oh, earlier on. Perfect. So it all worked out, but it was certain at that moment. And I always go back to it. I still say to them, like, they're my favorite colors. When the sky's kind of like pink and purpley and, and oh, that when, when you're in that moment. And even then she was like, but that's not one color. And I'm like, but that's my favorite color. Mm. Certainly a very blessed, blessed moment to be in. And, and those moments, like I said, tend to happen when, when we get out of the way of our daily tasks and to-dos and that being state that we talked about just happens all by itself naturally. It's like all of a sudden we just become this human in this space and time and it's stopped and we just feel blissful and, and it's such a, a blessed moment as, as you put. But also, you know, what came to my mind was when we when you get out of your own way, when you don't, you know, you kind of thought, oh, do you want to, I've got a higher van, shall we go for a walk? Like a lot of the time early on in a relationship, you'd go, now let's like, I'll see, play it a bit cool, you know, don't interrupt her weekend, da, da, da. And actually, I think that kind of openness of heart and of everything is what leads to those beautiful moments and sometimes you you know you get told where to go and that's fine but actually it sounds like that became the beginning of of a new chapter really for you yeah, so it was yeah, significant in more ways than one yeah I think it was it was exactly that it was connecting with somebody again after this loss yeah and it didn't feel forced and it felt right because even that in itself there was kind of like a guilt that would come up which is really weird yeah, because it felt like cheating but not because i'd lost my I, my girlfriend had gone and I, I know she'd want me to be with somebody else and be happy but there was this weird kind of feeling of like a cheating on my girlfriend who's no longer there but then also being with this new amazing person and feeling bad about missing somebody that's not there. So it was like this yeah. double side of it, which was interesting Very for me to work through. tricky to navigate, yeah. Tricky to navigate. Sure. And that's kind of just thrown the test of time with, with Nova. She's just an amazing person and so understanding and, and has been my rock. Quite funny though, one, one final thing on that story. On the flip side, she'd stood on a wasp as well just before and she was trying to keep that cool. She was oh, trying to keep it cool. Like, ah, oh, it's her. fine every step she was like every step is actually agony Seriously. like i'm like ow and here's me like 
We're going to climb a mountain. Well, I'm going to leave you on the top of that mountain. Um, it has been so gorgeous chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a million even. Big, big thank you to Stuart. And as ever, if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for, I would love to hear about it. So please do drop me a line using the hashtag ThanksAMillionTrio at Angela Scanlon via Instagram and Twitter. Stuart's Instagram. It's a breath of fresh air in the morning, I'm telling you. It can be found at BreathPod and his website is breathpod.me. We are releasing new episodes every week, gang, and you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And please do go check out the other brilliant guests we've had on this series. If you're into breathwork, I suggest scrolling down, having a little listen to Wim Hof. And if you're loving the show, please do write us a review, a nice, big, fat, juicy, delicious five star, if you don't mind. And tell your friends as well, stick it on the old WhatsApp group. On a slightly more sentimental note, as we come to the end of 2020 and into 2021, I just want to say thank you, a sincere thank you for all of your support in listening and sharing the podcast and reaching out to me and asking when the series was going to be back and sharing your Thanks A Million trios publicly or privately. Um, I feel really, really grateful um, to have such a gorgeous community of people. Yeah, I, I do think that gratitude and a focus and a shift on the good stuff in life as opposed to a fixation on the things that we do not have and maybe more so at this time of the year or certainly this year is really really powerful and I'm hoping that you feel that too so anyway before I cry thank you to Louise Mason at Rethink Audio and Happy New Year we're nearly there